0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you've always wanted to achieve financial independence but aren't sure how to get started, you've come to the right place. Today's guest has a proven track record of achieving wealth for himself and helping others do the same. Christopher Nelson is the co-founder and principal of Wealthward Capital, a private equity firm that helps people create wealth by investing in real estate. Over the years, Welford Capital has acquired more than 3,000 multifamily units and has achieved a portfolio value of almost $250 million. During this episode, Christopher will talk us through his career journey and how he's used each experience to fuel his investments in startups and real estate. Topics include misconceptions about careers in the tech industry, how to compound your career compensation, and advice for people looking to create passive income. If you'd like to connect with Christopher to learn more, check out wealthword.com or connect with him on LinkedIn via the handle in the show notes. Hi, Christopher. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much, Megan. Happy to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you too. And like I was talking to you... We started recording. You are a professional. You've got a professional setup. You've got your own podcast. So this will be a walk in the park for you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. And yeah, just to be clear, like I'm, I'm preparing to launch my podcast, but yes, I tried to, uh, study the art of podcasting and trying to bring, bring the best.
0: Well, that's good then, because this is practice for you. So this is, (laughs) you'll use our podcast to practice
1: (laughs) Getting in the reps. I am. I'm going on sort of the (laughs) pre-launch podcast tour. So thank you again for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So we kind of give a little bit away. People know that you're a professional, you have a podcast. So let's talk about who are you and what do you do? So can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, um, some of your background, education, and your early career?
1: Sure. My name is Christopher Nelson. I am a technology executive by trade. I have been through two IPOs, two technology company IPOs, and now I am the co-founder and principal of Wealthward Capital, which is a private equity company that helps technology executives diversify into passive income producing real estate. But I didn't start there. You're right. I started off at university. I went to the University of California, San Diego, And I studied cognitive science. So people, what is this? It's the science of how we think. And it was really, really fun. It was an interdisciplinary uh, major that appealed to a lot of uh, aspects of, I think, my mind, which was functional learning learning psychology, functional neurobiology, and then artificial intelligence. I then got a a minor in computer science and engineering and then found my way uh, into technology companies.
0: So when you gave your introduction, when you tell people what you do, because that's the first question that everyone asks when they meet someone new, what do you do? Do you find that once you start telling people and you say technology and finance and IPOs, do you feel like people are like, "Oh, what's that mean?" and you have to explain it a little bit more? Uh,
1: it depends. I mean, I so we moved five years ago to. Austin, Texas, where in Austin, right, it's much more diverse landscape, Mm -hmm. right? We live next to people who are in construction or school teachers or other things. So, yes, in that environment, you throw out a lot of acronyms. People ask a lot of questions. I grew up in Northern California, spent the majority of my career in the Silicon Valley. So a lot of people would understand that. And then they would start, you know, asking more questions around things that they were interested in. But, yes, uh, I do have to explain a lot, a lot. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions today because I'm going to assume that not all of our listeners are super well-educated on everything that we'll talk about. So we'll ask some questions to make sure everyone is kind of familiar and knows what we're talking about. So you have a cool background. You both tech, like you mentioned, tech executive and investor, you're kind of an entrepreneur. So was that your long-term goal or was it kind of a Series of events that led you to where you are, where it's like you tried one thing, you liked it, so that led to the next step. How'd you get here? It
1: was it was truly a series of event. I think I left college like most people, thinking I just want a job. And I graduated in 2001, so there was a lot of starry eyes in the sense that June 2001, everything was looking amazing for for tech, and everything was there was lots of jobs. Then. 9-11 happened and a lot of jobs disappeared. So I was just at this point where I wanted to get employed. I wanted to actually you know, start my career. And so that was a big focus of mine. And then once I got started with my career, I think I fit, spent the first part of my career building what I call career capital, which is your, a combination of your education, experience, and results. And what I realized about you know eight eight and a half years into my career is like I had built the skill set doing technology consulting that I could go trade that talent, that experience for equity in these startup companies. And so I went to the first company and I said, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to work for my first startup. Totally bombed. I bombed on the selection. I chose the wrong company. And the reason is that I let passion rule reason. I chose with my feelings. I altered that and I said, let me do this again and think really like an investor and do a lot of due diligence on the companies. And then I chose the right company in 2011, went through an IPO in 2012. And then it was going through this IPO and the sudden wealth event that made me realize, oh man, I actually have to be managing my family's money and my wealth Mm -hmm. and we don't get taught a lot about that in school so I did a lot of studying uh, myself with my wife to how to get into real estate and investing and then we were asked by some friends to start helping them invest and it was really a very intimate very personal thing that then Wealthward Capital came out of that because we felt there was an opportunity to serve our community of technology employees to try and help them get to a lifestyle by design.
0: That's very cool. So if I'm understanding correctly, you and your, did you and your wife found Welford Capital together or?
1: We did. We did. Yeah. Cause my wife's a technology employee also. So also, we, also. yeah. So as, as we met and got married, she found her way into technology career. She wasn't always, she's a marketing communication specialist, but mm-hmm. she soon realized that if you have, I mean, working in tech companies, and this is a great thing for your audience to understand is not just for people who have technology skills. They need marketing specialists. Her job is to do internal communications. So managing the communications from executives to employees and externally, um, you know, that's really important skill, but guess what? No tech skills required, right? Yeah.
0: And it's kind of cool. I mean, I think when people think of careers in tech, you think of things like fast-paced, um, you know, kind of that sort of environment that I think appeals to a lot of people, especially our audience is, you know, mostly um transitioning and former service members. So they're used to that. They're used to a yeah. fast-paced environment. And also there, a lot of them are used to working with technology. Now, I think people complain about the military not having, in some cases, the best technology, depending on, you know, sure. where they are. But um, I think that this is the type of career that is appealing to a lot of military veterans. Um, I'm curious for you because you've been in the technology field for so long. So you said 2001, right? So now over 20 years. Um, I'm sure things have changed so much. (laughs) And you have to be an adaptable person.
1: You do have to be an adaptable person. And I do think that, you know, the technology I have I have met so many veterans that have transitioned into technology and they end up thriving because number one is many of these many companies, technology companies have a mission, they have a focus and that is to to try and disrupt old ways of doing things and make things better for people i think that aligns with a lot of veterans who they want they need to have a purpose and a mission to align behind Mm -hmm. the other thing is that once you actually get in and start working in technology you can start finding your network and your people which i think again sort of maps right over from you know military where they have a big community where everyone has a lot of things in common literally i can walk in and if i'm sitting there and this happened to me i was i was traveling last week i was in a coffee shop somebody said hey what do you do oh i work in tech oh i work in tech too next thing you know you're speaking the same language right mm-hmm. you, you do there's a connective tissue there which i think again maps directly to that group do
0: you find that there's kind of a maybe like misalignment. So you said that there are so many careers for people in tech and you don't even necessarily have a technical background, but do you right. think that there is maybe a misconception like people might be listening, thinking, oh, I would love a career in tech, but maybe they've always thought of it as something that they would have to have a technical background. Do you think that there's kind of that misconception?
1: Huge misconception, huge misconception. And that's one of the mess- myths that I want to make sure and dispel is that you know they they need people that can you know lead and drive programs right a lot of the program management that you have people do not always understand the nuance of what's happening even in building products you know but they understand their job is to get people working together to get programs projects unstuck and move things forward and they will learn thing in context but then you think about marketing you think about sales there's, again, a lot of account executives that sell software are focused on the relationship and understanding their client problems they want to solve, but they may not understand and many of them don't understand the minutiae of how the technology works. Mm-hmm. So definitely.
0: Awesome. So then if, you know, if someone is listening and this is something that seems appealing to them, do you have any advice for getting started in the industry or anything that you wish that you would have known um, when you joined the industry?
1: I, I think I would have enjoyed knowing sort of the breadth of the of the career opportunities that were out there. And, and that was actually my experience. I mean, so my experience was I thought I wanted to be a software engineer. That was my passion and my dream. And then my junior year of college, I got the most amazing internship. I got accepted. And I was sitting in front of this computer for hours a day trying to solve these very difficult problems. And I was bored and I was depressed. I was like, wait a second. I like doing this with people. I like solving problems with people. And so what I found is I went and I went on a uh, I was going to a lot of school recruiting events and I found somebody who had my major who who had the same major as I did and was working uh, for a technology consulting company. And he said, I love what I do because I solve difficult technical problems with a people and I help move businesses forward. And so it was that exploration and opening my mind that I realized, wait, there is an avenue for me. Uh, and I would encourage everyone to go and investigate, right? Cybersecurity is huge right now. It's very, very important. And a lot of the skills that you need, right. Of, of analysis in pursuit, you know, you can learn the tool set, but it's, it's more of, you know, having this ability to solve problems and, and do mm-hmm. these things that allow you to do it. but that's just an example.
0: Yeah, and I think the things that you're talking about is problem solver, someone who can be adaptable, um, quick That's learner, right. they're all kind of soft skills that military veterans have. So it sounds like a great career path for for people who would be listening since, like I said, that is our primary audience, and so it sounds like this is kind of a good fit.
1: It would be. I mean, and it is. It's a very dynamic environment, right? If people have been in, you know, uh, in the military and they've been in in theater and they've been in very dynamic operations, it's a phenomenal fit.
0: Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to talk also about your investing and how that got started. So you mentioned that you started that you and your wife had just sort of sat down and thought like, okay, let's get our finances in order. And then that sort of led to you helping other people do that which is awesome. So um, can you just talk to me a little bit more about, you know, kind of how that journey got started? What has surprised you since you've been doing it? And then mm. kind of what I asked you about tech, obviously, things have changed over time. And same yeah. with real estate, things have changed, especially now we're in such a hot market. So um, mm. maybe if you could talk a little bit more about that.
1: I'd be happy to talk about that. I mean, it's a it's a true passion of mine. I think, you know, my wife and I getting married and working in tech, we wanted to figure out a way that we could, you know, sort of as Stephen Covey says, right, the seven habits of highly effective people begin with the end in mind. And so we've been, okay, how do we figure out this retirement thing, right? What what do we want to do beyond? Because I think not having 20 years in the military and having at least a, a baseline of a pension to rely on, we we had to figure that out. And so, we had then focused on our careers that got us to this you know, this, this large equity event of an IPO. And it was at that point where we sat down and we realized that if we wanted passive income, if we wanted you know, checks being sent to us on a monthly or quarterly basis, we really had to figure out the real estate market, how to invest in real estate. And so, we started how most people do, which is, Let's actually go buy some single family homes and let's operate those and run those. And that turned out to be very well. What we hit, though, was all of a sudden we had our careers and then our family and then the time that needed to be spent to do these types of investments, um, you know, it was taking away from time with our family and other things. So we then started looking at syndications which is how do we go and invest with other operators larger operators and we're partners with them but on the financial side so we get all the financial benefits of owning real estate but at the same time we don't have to be in there you know talking with the the, uh, tenants etc and so this is something that's tremendously changed i think in the real estate market is that it was really after the Jobs Act in 2012 where you know the, the we have now the ability to to expose syndications that was really private equity it was really you know uh, network first. You can find a lot of these opportunities out there on the internet, but that's also where I think as an investor you have to be more cautious and you have to be uh, have a process of the way that you're going to analyze these things because. Um, You know, there are more opportunities and not all opportunities are created equal. But I think, you know, for my wife and I, we found a real passion in the sense that we really enjoy real estate and real estate is, I mean, the amazing thing about it is there's there's so much right there is there's apartment buildings, there's self storage, there's mobile home parks. And I mean, this Mm -hmm. is where we're finding a lot of opportunity today is in mobile home parks, because It's an opportunity to actually help solve an affordable housing situation and to provide great returns for investors as well.
0: So um, to your point, not all opportunities are created equal because I think some people listening will be like, well, that's such a big risk. Like, how do I know how much to invest, how to get Mm. started, what to invest in and and you just mentioned that you're saying success with mobile home parks so not to give away all of your secrets because i know you're <laughs> you're still i'm sure figuring out what's going to work for you guys and what yeah. your next step is but is there anything that you think now in 2022 is a bad investment or a good investment or does it kind of just depend on the area and how much money you have to invest and things like that
1: well i i just think it all it's all about the math Like, I think that where people tip over in investing is they do not understand the underlying fundamentals of the mathematics. And, you know, when something is a risky assumption versus something's a conservative assumption. And so this is where uh, what my wife and I did is we got grounded first and foremost in the math. And there's a a book here that I would recommend to people. And I'll pull it up. And it's called—I uh, don't know if it's focusing on that—but it's called what every investor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, needs to know about cash flow and thirty other financial measures. And it's uh, this is actually the second version. The first one, you know, I—I I got it all. Um, you know written up and notes and stuff in it but it's it's a math book it is and the reality is is that for most of us and i know uh you know have family members in the military and i know a lot of the math that you have to do to run a lot of the operations and and things that go on there this is a lot simpler but you just need to understand it you have to understand the space and with the basic understanding of that you can then come in and know okay is this high risk is this low risk you know, etc. And then the other thing is, is I think it's finding your entry point. The good news is that there's a lot of opportunities today to find easy ways to start getting some level of exposure to real estate with very low dollars that you can then see how it performs and learn as you go. So that then you can understand how do you continue to then invest more and more? Because you know, I always make sure that people think of your first investment, you're not, it's not like Texas Hold'em, you don't go all in on your first investment, you try and figure out, you know, what am I actually willing to put at risk, you know, and then how do I assess, you know, what is the risk of this investment, and then I move forward, because then I'm, I'm in a learning state.
0: So, for you, because you've had success already, do you think, um, and this is just a question, like an outsider's question, do you think that If someone was listening to this and thought, okay, well, I'm interested in this, but it seems like everyone's doing real estate nowadays. Yeah. Like, do you think that it's easier for you to continue to have this career because you have past success? Or do you think it's something that a beginner could still be successful with as well?
1: Well, let's let's remember one thing. Real estate is a team sport. And so if somebody says like anything else, I want to go into it. I want to do it myself. Maybe I take some classes, but I want to go in and expose myself alone. There's always challenges involved. I know that when I got started, and part of this was also the way that I was raised is I always sought mentors. I always sought pe- saw people who I saw having the success that I wanted, and I partnered with them to understand it and then started doing my own thing. So that's truly what I recommend to people as well. And the great thing about real estate is there's a lot of communities out there. And again, these are things you don't have to pay for. I'm talking about free meetups in your area, a lot of virtual meetups now Mm -hmm. where you can start getting education, talking to people who have success, because I think it's important that you understand what that looks like and then start moving in that direction. Does that make sense?
0: It makes a lot of sense. And I like the mentorship angle of it too, because I think that everyone could benefit from some type of mentorship, especially if it's a topic that you don't know a lot about. And I like what you said about being a team sport. I think that's really cool. Um, Has there been anything that has surprised you about your career in real estate investment?
1: Um, Has there been anything that surprised me? I, I mean, I see a lot of surprises. I think the biggest thing that surprises me is um, that people have a very wide definition of what, let's say, what conservative is. And I think figuring out what that is for yourself and in understanding these terms that get overused, right? My wife and I worked very hard to create this nest egg that we're investing. So when we say that we're conservative, we have measures and ways that we realize what that is because we'd much rather get a, lower return, but know that it's coming versus, again, going all in on a single hand. And I think what surprised me is the way that that term gets utilized and thrown around because I think it creates a uh, a false perception, a false sense of security that I think people just need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And even with things, how they've changed over time, do you still try to, I guess, invest. And now I hesitate to say conservatively, because I don't want to misconstrue what you're saying. But do you think that even like, you know, times are great right now, prices are high? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people in real estate who are just absolutely killing it. But to your point, you don't want to go all in on something. So do you feel like you want your business to skyrocket during this time? or Are you trying to keep something steady?
1: No, steady, steady. I mean, I, I am definitely a steady Eddie. And and I'm, I'm, I think right now, I mean, the brakes are being put on right now. And there's a lot of flux in the market. So I think we're continuing to transact in areas where, again, we found opportunities where you can still buy low. And that's the, again, looking at the broader market, there's still opportunities out there. But it, that is where experience comes in. You have to know where to look. You have to really understand, okay, what is really a market price are you below are you above that and then everybody now is is really looking at you know how do you finance things because with interest rates going up that changes
0: everything Mm -hmm. well i'm curious because i know something i saw in your bio was about compounding your career compensation and so what i think about it is um You know, like, I I don't know if that's the same as this. So like, for instance, we're now talking about you've got this career in tech and then you also have what maybe started out as a side Mm. hustle. So um, do you (laughs) mean? Yeah. So do you mean it like that? Or do you mean making the most of the compensation that you're making in one single career? So can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that?
1: Megan, like this, you're boom, like this is what I this is what I love. Well, it's it could be both. But what I'm talking about is when you want to compound career Compensation. This is why I love working in tech is because you can work for tech equity. Mm -hmm. Many people have this perception again, oh, that means that I go to this early stage startup and I get as much equity as I can. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can actually go to a mature company that's public that actually has, gives you stock compensation today. That's an additional part of your compensation package that then allows you to then actually accelerate and learn and earn even more. So this is where I just think that everyone needs to think of how can they get equity in whatever they're doing. And you're right, I did that in my career where I I then shifted from working from a technology consulting company where I got very small portions of equity to working for tech companies. My target was I wanted to find companies that were Eighteen to twenty four months from an IPO. That's what I learned, as I said, once I had the first failure, so I've worked for five startup companies, once I worked for that one, after that, the four companies I've worked for since then, three of them have all gone through an IPO, and that was very intentional, right? And I worked for them so that I could get a portion of that equity, and then that could grow in addition to the salary and the bonus I was getting. And so that's truly what I call compounding. And, that's also then your side hustle. Sometimes people have I actually have, um, you know, a salary and a bonus, but I have a side hustle that I'm the owner of and I own that business. And so again, if you scale that correctly, that can help compound your earnings Mm -hmm. because I just think that all of us, you know, and I, I, I know even, um, you know, interestingly enough, you know, one of my partners in, in, uh, real estate is a, you know, 20 year military veteran right, who who recently retired from the Army. Um, but I know that even when you walk away with a, you know, pension and those types of things, you do want to make sure that you're getting equity in some of those things that you're doing beyond that.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's basically just being smarter about what you have and what you can add to it.
1: Well, I think it's it's this concept of always working for equity. So mm-hmm. if you're working for, like, if you're going to go to a W-2 job, this is where I say, Go find a tech company, see where your skills match, go get some stock, go, go work for, you know, many people don't realize like Google going to work for Google, they match, you know, they, they sometimes will give you your salary. So let's say you make $125,000 a year. They'll give you also an additional $125,000 a year in stock. Mm -hmm. And for certain roles, you're getting liquidity in the first month. So you're literally doubling how much you make. So if you're doing that now. Like you're gonna then towards the end of your career you're compounding that earning in addition that stock can grow with the value of google so Mm -hmm. that can give you even more so that's the whole concept is always work for equity and look for those opportunities because if you're not you're selling yourself short
0: yeah i love that i think that's great advice You are so knowledgeable about so many topics, I can tell, and so I know we're talking about you having your podcast come out, which I think will be great, because I know we're probably just scratching the surface on things here, and so I would love to send listeners to your podcast to learn more about some of the topics that resonate with them, too.
1: Excellent. So my podcast is Tech Careers and Money Talk. I am sitting at this intersection of Tech Careers and Money Because we, you know, as a group do not talk about it enough, but there's going to be two days a week. So there's going to be a tech career day. So, really, how do you get into tech? How do you grow your career in tech? And how do you maximize your uh, ability to be able to get the most equity? Then there's going to be the money day where anything is on the table where we will talk about everything from budgeting, financing, passive investing, you know, crypto. We'll put everything on the table because. We just want to continue to educate our listeners on what are the things that are out there. And then also throughout the whole thing, I'm going to continue to update people on, you know, what, what myself and my wife are doing as tech employees as we are, you know, moving to, uh, you know, from W2 to financial independence.
0: I love that cuz I was actually going to ask you just for our listeners it sounds like you will be covering this on your podcast but for our listeners if there are people who are listening to this and just think this sounds great I want everything he's talking about what can I do to create passive income are there any ways that you would recommend kind of actionable steps to get started whether that's you know figuring out what would be a good investment for them I know you showed that book earlier which I think was specific to real estate but yeah. um really any advice you want to share about getting started
1: well, I, I think getting started, right, and this is where, you know, as I think, you know, and you know I have three sons, right, as I think about them, the first advice I'm going to give them is go compound your career compensation, right, Before, you know, go, because when you go to work for tech equity and you're able to get that off the table, this is what I tell people, right, the simplest thing is you live within your paycheck, you use the bonus for the vacations and the fun stuff, you invest all your equity, Like then you actually have Mm -hmm. something that you can really invest and can be passive. Because I think for people right now, standing up a side hustle arguably isn't passive. Passive is where you give money to somebody else and you get checks in the mail. Mm -hmm. So that's where my advice, especially to a lot of your listeners is, where are the opportunities where you can go to work for equity? You can trade your time and talent for technology equity, and then you can start building up that nest egg that then you can go invest. And yes, please come to my podcast, Tech Careers and Money Talk, because that's where, you know, that is the main focus of that particular podcast is how do you go and, and start and build a career in technology? And then, you know, how do you then manage the money that comes with
0: it? Yeah. And I like that answer, too, because I think a lot of times the you know, if you talk about a side hustle can be kind of intimidating to people. They're like, well, I don't have no time to do that. I already work a full-time job. How do I find the time? How do I find the idea and what I want to do? So um, your version of that is kind of working smart with what you've already earned.
1: Right. Right. And that's, I mean, truly because my, my story, right, there's a nuance in there is that when I was working for the technology consulting company, I had stood up a side hustle with a buddy. We'd opened a couple juice and smoothie bars and we got all in on that. And then we were going to take that cash flow and invest in real estate. But it took a lot of my time, a lot of effort at that point. I didn't have, I wasn't married, didn't have a family. Uh, but then that tipped over in the great recession. And I, I realized, okay, wait a second. I need to now go and double down on my career and understand what's the most I can get out of that with a single point of effort. And then truly, I want to then start investing really passively where I am really selecting the right investments. I'm getting the checks, but I'm not having to put in the sweat equity. That's really (laughs) what I'm trying to teach people.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice. I really think it'll resonate with a lot of people. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about your podcast. When do you think that it's going to launch? I know you're working on it right now.
1: Well, right now, yeah, we're recording episodes and we're getting the backlog, but I think we're looking at a September timeframe for launch.
0: Awesome, yeah. And then, as far as resources, I know you shared that book that you got started with, or that you said helped you, which I think is very interesting. Because I think you said it was the second um, version of that book, and you know, so many things change over time. But there must yeah. be some really good timeless advice in there. Oh, um, huge! Yeah, so would I mean, you it, mind sharing what it's called again, and then maybe some I, other resources? Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I'll put it in the show notes, but this is what what every real estate investor needs to know about cash flow. Okay. And and I'll send you over a copy. But I think, you know, the other resource that I have is I'm actually going to be publishing a book early next year. And it's really on this whole method. It's called from no Dota to IPO. And it is for people to really understand how do you go work for equity? How do you really evaluate yourself as an asset? And sit across the table and negotiate for technology equity in whatever field you may be in. And so uh, that is another asset. And I can give you a link because we're, um, you know, starting to, uh, you know, build out a book army and some other things, you know, as well as we're getting ready to launch the book. So we'd love to have um, some of your listeners opt in.
0: Yeah. And I would love to have you back to talk about some more specifics of your book, too. And I love the name, by the way. It's awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So if there's anyone who's listening who maybe they're not sure about investing yet, but they're thinking, okay, well, I want to be financially independent. I don't know what yeah. that looks like yet. Um, do you have any kind of uh, any resources that you would recommend to them that kind of show you like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say because you can't hold someone's hand in becoming financially no, independent necessarily. You,
1: you you can't, but you show them the road. And so what I would say is that, you know, um at Wealthword, word w e a l t h w a r d.com welfare.com we have an education section there where it just lays out like what, what i think is more most important to me right is and, and again everything that i show people are things that i experienced and went through and i'm trying to consolidate them and i'm trying to give them the roadmap because to your point i can give you the map i can't walk the road for you cannot do that right you have to do that yourself but what I've laid out there is we have some very long expansive blog posts that just really lay out the mind frame of why passive income is so important and why it's truly the key and then give you some other resources on you know what are some of the building blocks that you need to actually get ready to enter that realm because I do believe Megan you know as we've talked about you have to be prepared you have to sort of get some knowledge and and engage because it's not uh, I believe that it does become very passive income, but you have to be savvy and know what you're investing in.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as you look back on your career, um, your 20 plus year career in tech, and then, um, what's it been a little over 10 years in investing, right?
1: It's been, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been investing honestly, almost, you know, I just started did a lot of stock investing, uh, younger and Mm -hmm. then the real estate investing has been, um, yeah, close to 10 years for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as you look back on both of those, either separately or combined, because I feel like they are very intertwined for you, for your story. So um, is there anything that stands out to you as being maybe like a couple of highlights or some of the most rewarding moments that you've had?
1: Well, it it always reminds me, it's so so fascinating, right? My grandfather at one point when I graduated from high school, he said, hey, the greatest thing that you'll learn upon graduating from high school is you don't know anything. And the greatest thing that you learn upon graduating from college is that you don't know anything and it it was just this very uh surreal moment that i just remember and you know one of the greatest days that that i remember one of the most amazing days is when i'd worked so hard and it was um you know april eighteenth, 2012 which was the day that this company was was going through an ipo you know from a vocational perspective and um I remember that day it was so amazing it was a a great party and we you know my wife and i had worked so hard for this moment and you know within an instant we'd had a multiple seven-figure payday we had and it was just amazing and i thought i was at that point and i worked so hard to get there i thought i knew everything but when i went home that night and i saw my wife and she was pregnant with her first son she said okay when do we get the money when can we buy the house I realized in that moment that I didn't know anything because and this is what what I really try to share with people and why we need to get educated is getting to the point where you have it is really only step one, getting to know how you actually put it to work and make it work for you and your family. That's a whole other journey. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is one of the most memorable moments. And then then actually going through, uh, you know, my second IPO in October of 2021, going in there with confidence and being able to educate members of my team and get them ready for what they were going through because we're all going through this you know uh sudden wealth event again but feeling more prepared so much more confident and knowing what was going to happen afterwards um that's again another moment that i'll i'll cherish as well
0: yeah i like your approach um kind of like the slow and steady knowing what comes next because you know everyone wants this great paying job you know who doesn't want to make Say so you make five hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, if you spend five hundred thousand dollars a year, then you don't have anything. And so, I like your right. approach. It seems like you're very smart and very good at educating people about how to actually make what they have last and then yeah, that's right. pay off in the future.
1: One hundred percent. I mean, and this is at you know at the end of the day. We want to. I always had this vision of, I want to get this money and I want to have it sweating. I want to have it working so hard to send me checks. And that, and that's what I want to do, but you're right. Like, I mean, this to me is like the Robert Kiyosaki 101 is that I want to invest in assets that are going to send me check, but not in liabilities. I don't want to let it leak into my lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Um, you have all this knowledge to share. I wonder if you're holding like little workshops at home with your sons to prepare them for the well,
1: future. We are. I mean, so the first one of the things that we did with our boys is we got them a business. So we got them a, a chicken business. So we, we you know, got some chickens. We We built a coop together and I wanted them to learn that, you know. Chickens like employees, like a business, right? It's going to be messy, right? There's a lot of, you know, cleanup that you got to do, you know, you got to care and feed for them, but you know, you can get these eggs and then you can, you know, sell them and you can actually, then if you run it right, you can make a profit. And so that's sort of uh, what we've done originally, but now, you know, my wife and I as our oldest son is getting ready to turn 10, have really thought about how do we start bringing him into the business you know, teaching, I mean, some of the math that's in underwriting, you know, and and some of this math that I'm saying here, he knows all the basics, he can learn it. So we do want to make sure and pass that on and raise our sons to be entrepreneurs and investors as well, because um, it'd be a crime not to, I believe. I
0: love that. I think that is the coolest thing I have probably ever heard of a parent doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Christopher, thank you so much. I've learned a lot from you and I know our listeners probably have too. And like I said, I can't wait to send everyone over to your podcast because I know we're only scratching the surface here. And I know you'll be talking to people who are a lot more knowledgeable than me on your podcast and you guys can really get in depth on all of that. So I think it's great, but I've really enjoyed our time today.
1: Thank you so much, Megan. Pleasure being here.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.